Amen. Thank you so much um, for being with us and joining with us on a Sunday morning. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much for introducing or reintroducing the word don uh, as we don our masquerade masks. My brain went to Phantom of the Opera, that great Christian play uh, that popped in my head. Um, so uh, glad you're here. I'm glad you're here for a brand new series. We're doing a series on the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and it's called, the series is called The Room Where It Happened, and we're going to talk about why it's called that way um, in just a bit. But uh, I don't know about you, I feel like every single day I have moments where I recognize I need the Holy Spirit because there's just more to be worked out in me. Ever uh, just have moments that you're like, God's not done working on me. I've got stuff I need to work on. Anybody else? Yes? No? Thank you for truthful people. Everybody else that didn't raise your hand, you should have. Um, like last night, I, I do, I, I call it my pre-sermon climb. I climb on Saturday nights to get ready for, it really does nothing to get me ready for preaching a sermon. It's relaxing. And there was a bunch of, of new people there. I call them muggles. And uh, they're, they're brand new climbers, never climb, non-climbing folk. They're there and they've learned how to climb. And uh, I'm just listening to how excited they are climbing. And so um, I was watching this one guy. He climbed this route and he had been trying this route over and over and over. And he gets to the top. He grabs it with one hand. He's like, yes. And then he leaps off. He lowers down. He's so excited. And his friends are excited. And then I walk up in the middle of the group and say, you know, you don't finish until you put two hands on the last hold. They went quiet. They looked at me and I looked, I'm like, who said that? Who? <laughs> I'm like, and I get in the car afterwards. I'm just thinking to myself, what is wrong with you, David? What is wrong with you? Shut your mouth. Holy Spirit, what do you give us? Galatians chapter five, verse 23 through 23, self-control. Oh, we need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Your pastor needs it so, so stinking bad. Um, I'm just celebrating what God's going to do in this series. And so today I'm going to do a little bit of a teaching message. I'm going to try not to be so preachy, just to teach. Uh, I just want to get in a teaching mode today. And uh, it's not going to be on the screens, but I'm going to read one scripture before Acts chapter 2 gets up there. So if you want to already go to Acts chapter 2, I, I wanted to kind of slip into your version notes uh, yesterday a preemptive scripture that kind of leads us toward our main scripture in Acts chapter 2. Um, Luke chapter 24, verse 48 says, You are witnesses of these things. Behold, Jesus is saying, saying this, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. It's a beautiful scripture because it actually shows the Trinity. Jesus is speaking, and he speaks of the Father, and he says, I am sending the promise. The promise, who is the promise? It's the Holy Spirit. I'm sending the promise upon you. But he says, stay in the city. Stay in the city. There are approximately 500 people who heard this word, stay in the city. Stay there. Stay put. Don't move. Don't go any further. Stay because I'm going to send you a promise and I'm going to clothe you from on high. But something didn't sit within everybody. We have about 120 people left here. They're in a place called the Upper Room. If you've been to Israel with me, uh, you, I've taken you to the Upper Room, and it's a just gorgeous little room, and it doesn't seem like much, but the powerful thing is not the structure of the room, it's what took place inside of that room. Acts chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came the sound of a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared and on them and rested on each of them. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Man, I love this, this one moment, this, this place where Jesus says, just stay put, I'm gonna clothe you. Stay put, I'm gonna fill you, stay put. And 120 of them got together and they were united in the presence of God and it's there the Spirit of God descends and they have this amazing manifestation of this presence of God where all of a sudden they are filled and they begin to overflow with the gifts of the Spirit. And, and, and from this point on, life was transformed. And it is my prayer that we would see a new Pentecost happen, a new time happen. Because you know what? This day came and went. And we can keep talking about it. We can keep praying about it. And that, that, that's great. Um, but I want a new Pentecost today. Um, I've been reading a bit on over the past, uh, man, six, seven months on Azusa Street and some of the great revivals in America, some of the great revivals around the world. And I'm telling you what, they're great to read about. They're great to study. They're great to kind of ponder on. But I'm here to say there is a new day right now. There is a new time right now. This is a new year. And the same spirit that baptized them in this moment that has been baptizing people for generations now is the same spirit that is here with us today. And so that's why when we sing songs, Lord, Lord, there's a cloud. We see rain coming and let it rain. It is more than just something that is just fun to sing, but it is the prayer of this assembly that we would have the outpouring of the presence of the Spirit of God in this place and in this place. And if you're new here, it's okay to clap and amen. It's just not okay to throw stuff. And I'm supposed to teach today, so I apologize for that. I'm so hungry for a move of God. I'm hungry to see the Spirit of God do amazing things. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, I think of the words of Samson. I said, one more time, one more time, one more time, let your Spirit come upon me. And Lord, I say that today one more time because Lord, what happened yesterday in my life in the move of your Spirit in my life yesterday was great, but today is a new day. I want a fresh rain in my life. And then I want, I want more tomorrow, then I want more the day after. I, Lord, we just want to see more of you working in our lives, God, because our, our community, our country, Lord, our world needs you, oh God. So empower us, strengthen us, God. Bless us, Lord. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I get all sorts of ideas from literally everything that's happening around me. I've got this weird radar that I can use anything for a sermon or a sermon idea. That's just where my brain just does not stop. And many of my ideas will come during movies. Like I'll watch a movie and I'll bring my phone out, not because I'm trying to pirate anything from the screen. Um, a, a thought or an idea will come. And so I love, I love getting ideas. And I don't know if you know this about me. I, I like sports a little bit, just, just a little bit. Um, I get eyes rolling whenever I do a sport illustration. I see you guys do that. Um, but I also love Broadway. And I love Broadway. I love plays. I love going to plays. I mean, I have some of my favorites. I mean, Les Miserables. I took my daughter to the Les Mis. Someone gave us tickets and she brought Kleenex because she knew I would cry the entire time. She literally brought me Kleenex because she just knew me so well. And, and one show that I got to see for the, for the first time because of, of Disney Plus was Hamilton. And I oh, hope someone's gotten blessed. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm a history nerd. I, I, love, uh, I love Hamilton. And 
there was a song that comes out that his song is called The Room Where It Happened. And the song is sung by a man by the name of Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr, who we know in history, is the guy who shot Alexander Hamilton. And he is... He sees Hamilton go behind closed doors in the secret dinner meeting, and he sees uh, him go in with Thomas Jefferson. He sees him go in, and they all of a sudden have this meeting. They don't know what all took place, what all was said, but all they know is they come out with plans for the nation. And this man, Aaron Burr, has got this angst in his heart because he's like, what does it take to be in the room where it's happening? He is upset, he is frustrated, and it kind of accumulates to get toward the last, one of the last songs in the entire um, play called Your Obedient Servant, where he is now got angst. Why? Because Alexander Hamilton knows that, er he knows Aaron Burr's running for president, but he throws the weight of his approval toward Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson is voted president, and he looks, and Aaron Burr has this angst because he has put all of the blame the reason why he can't be in the room now, the reason why he doesn't get the invite, he says this, you've kept me from the room for the last time. He has put all of his angst upon Alexander Hamilton saying, you're the only one that has kept me from that. And because you have taken a stand, now I'm still an outsider. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if some of us in the room feel that same angst to God. And we think the Holy Spirit is only for certain people or the Holy Spirit is only for certain individuals, only for certain churches, only for certain groups. And I don't know if you've ever felt in such a way that you hear about the Holy Spirit working in people's lives and you feel like Aaron Burr and you're an outside looking in saying, man, if I could just be in that room too. If I could just get into that place, why can't I be there? What's keeping me back? And my hope is this series is that as we're talking about the day of Pentecost, that we won't see that this idea of the presence of God, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is not for a select group of Christians. The Spirit of God, if you read the words of Peter, who Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost and I've stood on the steps where he preached and it's such an amazing view to see what he preached from. And what did he say? He said, this promise, this promise is not just for us, it's for you and your children and all those who are far off who would be called. This is for everybody. And so my challenge to you this month is would you get into the room where it's happening? Would you get into a place every single day where you just get locked into the presence of the Lord and ask him to do this work within your heart, that there would be an outpouring, that that which we read every Sunday from Acts chapter two, verse four, would be happening in your own heart. That we would see the room where it's happening, that the upper room, the day of Pentecost, that we would hear about it happening in bedrooms and kitchens and living rooms and cars and workplaces and workspaces, that we would see Pentecost happen fresh and new because we are determined we're not gonna be on the outside when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We're gonna be right in the room where it is happening. That's my heart. And I'm supposed to be teaching today, so I'm gonna get back to my notes here. So today I wanna give you a bit of a flyover. When it comes to the awareness of how the Spirit of God is moving and working. And I think this flyover, this is going to be a 30,000 foot flyover. Because I really want to show you something to help invite you. Especially if some of y'all have never heard teaching on the Holy Spirit. We get people that come to K first that have heard weird things about the Holy Spirit. I promise this. Nobody's going to be passing out snakes for anybody to handle. 
My friend, Pastor Thomas, he preached here last October. He keeps a tarantula in his office. He made me handle it. And somebody's like, now you're a true Pentecostal. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not gonna be forcing any weirdness because to me, Holy Spirit doesn't make us weird. He makes us holy. And if you're weird with the Holy Spirit, it's because you were weird before the Holy Spirit. So we want the real deal. We want the real, real infilling. And we wanna be in the room where it's happening. So when we look at the Holy Spirit, we really get the Holy Spirit in the second verse of the entire Bible. Genesis chapter one, verses, verse two. We see that the Holy Spirit is hovering above what? He's hovering above the chaos. He's hovering above the darkness. That in the midst, I love the fact that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that he is not deterred by our chaos. He is attracted to us because he's ready to do something beautiful. And in Genesis chapter one, verse three, God speaks, let there be light and there was light. And you wanna know how powerful God's creative power is? Is that he spoke, let there be light and there was light and Creation began, and scientists tell us that, that the universe is still expanding, and that's what we gotta wrap our head around, that the words, let there be light, expanded something in the moment that has yet to cease since he started it. God is on the move. Genesis chapter three, uh, one verse three, let there be light. And then a chapter later, God takes that which is dust and he animates dust by breathing breath, which is always a symbol. The Greek word is pneuma. That's where we get the word pneumatology, theology of the Holy Spirit. He breathes into dust and animates the dust and creates man as a living being. Then the spirit of God kind of goes off the grid for about a book. We get into the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, we get the story of Moses, the children of Israel being rescued out of, out of Egypt. And they come to settle in a place and Moses is supposed to build a tabernacle or almost like a traveling church. It's a tent. And there, the Spirit of God makes an appearance in chapter 31, verses two through four. It says this, See, I have called by name Bezalel, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with the ability and intelligence and foreknowledge and craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze. I love the fact that of all the people that God breathes upon, he breathes upon a just a blue collar worker. He didn't say they breathed upon Moses or Joshua or anybody that had a name or was a recognizable leader. He breathed upon the average person to actually take a, a skill worker, a craftsman, and actually enhance his ability by the Spirit of God. In today's day and age, do you know what we call that? We call that anointing. I don't know if you've ever been in church and say somebody's got an anointing upon their life or that person's got a heavy anointing upon their life. What does that mean? The anointing is when the Holy Spirit is gifting beyond our abilities. In fact, I wrote it this way. The anointing, the move of the Spirit, enables, to, uh, enables us to do what we do, but better than we are able to do it. That God can put an anointing upon our life that you may be a good speaker, but with God's anointing, God will put an ability upon that voice to transform people's lives. That God may, help, may, may have given you a talent to work with your hands, but with the anointing on your life for that talent, God can utilize that ability to bless people and to bless the world around you. The anointing isn't just for pastors. The anointing isn't just for board members. The anointing isn't just for staff members. The anointing is for everybody, everyone. So I love, I love what it says in John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. It says this, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true for the Spirit teaches you what? Everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true, it's not a lie. So he has, 
Go to the next slide. Taught you remain in fellowship with Christ. I love the fact that the Spirit of God can teach us everything. He can teach us things that are true, and He leads us in the way that is always true. It's because of the anointing of the Spirit of God, all things are possible. Let me give you some Old Testament examples. It was the Holy Spirit that anointed Joshua to lead Israel. Now, Joshua could have led, but with the Holy Spirit's anointing, he's able to do above what he could do just on his own. Let's say it this way that with the spirit of God's anointing, he makes us all above average. I hope that would encourage somebody in the room. Guess it encouraged nobody in the room. Um, the Holy Spirit in uh, Judges 3 anointed Othniel with wisdom to judge. In Judges 13, he anointed Samson with supernatural strength. Um, in Judges 6, he anointed Gideon with Holy Ghost confidence. In 1 Samuel 10, um, the Holy Spirit turned Saul into a prophet. Now listen, I'm going to stop right here because every one of these people I just listed off were screw-ups. Which is basically almost everybody in Scripture except for one person and his name is... I was hoping he'd say David, but that's not true. It's Jesus. Every, every single person messed up and made mistakes. But I want you to understand that you can make mistakes. You can mess up your life. But it doesn't stop the power of God from wanting to work in your life. And I want to give a word to somebody in, the, in, in this morning service or watching on live stream. That you may have looked at your life and you may see some screw ups. You may see your life messed up. You may have made mistakes and said, I am not a candidate. And that's where you need to go into the Old Testament. You all need to get in the New Testament and begin to, say, and begin to see how God can work through our lives. He can forgive us. He can make us whole. He can set us free and he can empower you to be a world changer in the world that you live in. It's here in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 28 that he downloads the plans for the temple into David's right brain. It is in Ezekiel 2 where he gave Ezekiel strength and a calling. It's in Daniel chapter 2 that he gives Daniel the ability to interpret dreams. It's in, uh, I actually left out my reference here. The Holy Spirit stirs uh, the spirit of Zerubbabel to, build, uh, to rebuild the temple. Over and over in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God comes upon individuals and he doesn't just give them ability. He he enhances their ability. He gives them giftings and he utilizes them to help show his glory to the world around. Let's get to the New Testament. Uh, let's just stick with Jesus because we will be here all stinking day. Uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who conceived the Christ child in Mary. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus with baptism. It's the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus gets up in the synagogue and he begins to read these words from the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now look at those things. Look at the things that Jesus says he was anointed to do. Do you know how he's able to do all of those things? The help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said himself in John chapter 16, verse 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. It is to your advantage that I go away, because if I don't go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is saying, listen, something is going to take place. I'm going away, but I don't leave you abandoned. I don't leave you orphaned. A helper is coming. And that helper makes his appearance in our opening scripture from Acts chapter 2, verse 4. The helper arrives. The church is birthed, and the Spirit of God takes up residence in every single one of us. Write this down. At Bethlehem, he was God with us. 
At Calvary, he is God for us. But at Pentecost, he is God in us. The room where it's happening. There's a room where it should be happening. And it could be more than just a physical room. I've been in rooms where it was happening. But if we want to see it happen within here, this is where we've got to allow it to happen. It's deep inside here. I love what Romans 8 says, Romans 8, 11, the New Living Translation. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. Jesus said himself in Acts 1, 8, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And that's exactly what took place. And Acts chapter 2 is the, the literal fulfillment of what Jesus said. The Holy Ghost comes upon him. I mean, and look at what happens to this new church. This new church didn't know what to expect. They just knew Jesus told them and God was gonna clothe them with power from on high. And all of a sudden, everything changed. Because even in that moment, the Holy Spirit went all Google Translate in that moment on that church. Because as they began to praise, all of a sudden, God began to begin, begin to pour out presence upon them that began to manifest words of praise in other people's languages. Because during that time of the Feast of, of Pentecost, People from all over the known world came to worship in Jerusalem. And when they heard them praising, they began to hear in their own languages and they're recognizing that these people didn't know these languages. It was a gift of the Spirit of God. Yeah, it was just Google Translate before it was Google Translate. And then from there, the Spirit of God goes all Google Maps on them because he starts sending them everywhere. In fact, Acts chapter eight, he sends Philip. He sends Philip to, to go see this man called the Ethiopian eunuch. Can we just recognize of all the things that you could be called, we talked about Simon the leper a couple weeks ago. Let's just call him Simon. When I think about the Ethiopian eunuch, could we just have given him a better name? There's Joe. Let's go talk to Joe. Philip, go see Joe. I got you, Joe. I see you, bro. But, go, but the idea of us understanding he's an Ethiopian eunuch is the number one, understand his background from whence he came. But number two, it was actually identified that because he was a eunuch, he was usually, uh, that was identified to be in service of a king or a queen. He served royalty. And so all of a sudden the spirit of God sends out of a missionary to minister to this person in this moment who would then take that message, he would be baptized and take it into the throne room, take it back to his own country. And from there, Acts chapter uh, 13, we have the Spirit of God set aside Paul and Barnabas to go on their first missionary journey. I mean, this is where the Google map begins to open up as the Spirit of God falls. They begin to disperse to go let people know of the greatness and the goodness of God. The Holy Spirit. Well, then he goes into Google search. I gotta stick with the Google theme here. He goes into Google search. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, that the Spirit of God searches all things, even the deep things of God. That as we get into the Spirit of God's presence, as we get awareness of the Spirit of God, He searches not just our life. I'm thankful that He searches our life because He helps me to see the things that are off in my life, AKA last night. I'm here to tell you, He searches all things. But what's awesome is He doesn't just search our hearts, He knows the heart of the Father and He delivers that into our hearts. 
Acts chapter, uh, John chapter 14, Jesus said this, that the spirit of God will teach you and he will remind you everything that you have said. I've always envied my dad's ability to memorize scripture. My dad has, he memorizes scripture and the location of it. Like I'll be like, hey, it says here in Philippians, my dad's like Leviticus chapter 15 verse 27 says this. I've always envied that about my father. But the one thing that I love about the spirit of God is sometimes we have worked so hard to memorize the scripture and I think we should memorize scripture. It's a powerful thing. But the beauty is, is we've got the spirit of God within us and he will remind us the words of Jesus. And when we don't know what we ought to say, the spirit of God is faithful. Acts chapter 15. I love that the Holy Spirit settles disputes. Some of you are like, our marriage needs that right now. Acts chapter 15 said that they were in a dispute in the early church. And he said specifically, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. The Spirit of God comes in the midst of our weak moments and he helps us in the midst of our weak moments. And when we see all of this work of the early church and the fact that they needed the Holy Spirit, I ask this question. Do we need the Holy Spirit any less than the early church. All I know is I need the Holy Spirit more than I needed him yesterday. I need him more than a day before. I need a holy, I, my heart is that Holy Spirit every single day. Would you just come and fill me in such a brand new way? Because yesterday is gone. I am, I, I'm going to be preaching um, in the middle of next week, next week, Tuesday up in Traverse City to a group of pastors and gonna be preaching about the manna ceasing, the story of Moses and they ate manna every single day. The beauty is this, is the children of Israel, all, they knew that God was providing manna for them to eat every morning. And you know what they had to do? All they had to do was show up and gather it. I'm here to tell you, some of us need to have that type of hunger for the spirit of God, where the spirit of God is available every single day. All we gotta show, do is show up and just partake of it every single day. I'm here to challenge in, in this. I want you to really think about something as we kind of bring things to a close here. I really want to challenge you with this thought. I wonder if everything that you are praying about right now in your life, if the answer is actually more of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. I wonder if what you're praying about, if the answer is just found in more of the Holy Spirit. Well, pastor, I, I, need, I need love. I need more love in my life. I'm glad you asked that. Romans chapter five, verse five. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Well, pastor, I just need more joy. Man, Galatians chapter five, verse 23 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. I had to memorize that in Sunday school. Thank you, Miss Judy. Um, you can, love right there. All you have to do, Holy Spirit, we need you. We need love. We need joy. And some of you are like, Pastor Dave, like you, we need self-control. That's the third part of the fruit, singular. Fruit of the Spirit. Well, I need self-control. Well, that's the last part of the fruit of the Spirit. And what we need is just to simply say, come Holy Spirit. You've got a need in your life? Say, come Holy Spirit, because he will be faithful. And let him into the room where it needs to happen. So many of us think that, we, that that has to happen out here, but let's invite him in here because this is the room where we need to invite it to happen. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer, and this is one of those quotes that kind of, it kind of sweeps the leg, knocks me down a bit and gives me a reality check because he said this, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and nobody would know the difference. And if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. 
It's such a humbling, humbling quote. And it's a quote that I have honestly focused on. I've let it challenge my heart because I wanna say what we do at K-First and what I do with my own personal life, I want to know that it has been led, that it has been empowered, and it has been done by the Spirit of God. And so today I'm gonna to do what I, I hate doing. I'm gonna give you a formula, and I hate formulas. My algebra teacher will tell you about that. But I'm gonna give you what I feel like is a bit of a formula to kind of help us in the beginning stages of this month in this series, to kind of help walk us through getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to write down this formula. Awareness of plus surrender to equals filled by. Awareness of plus surrender to equals filled by. What have we been doing for the past 20 minutes is to give you an awareness of how the Holy Spirit, how the anointing of God has flow, flowed in other people's lives and it can flow in our lives. And so my challenge is that we would live with this ongoing, unending awareness of God's presence. And as we're reading the scriptures, that we have an awareness of how the spirit of God is moving. As we look at our lives, we'd have an awareness of the spirit of God moving. And we would say, Lord, we have awareness. Lord, we want that awareness because we want to know who you are so that we can walk into that relationship. Because I'm telling you what, the more you spend time with somebody, the more you become aware of who they are, that you become aware of their likes, their dislikes, you become aware of their sense of humor, you become aware of their quirks, you become aware of what they are all about. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if we have skipped out on the Holy Spirit because we didn't think the Holy Spirit was a he, we thought he was an it, this impersonal force. But the Spirit of God is God. And he wants you to walk in relationship. And maybe this morning, it's a new morning, just to have awareness of how the Spirit of God is working. And secondly, I would use the words surrender to. I almost wrote down the word submit because in the Greek language that really, it's really what the word surrender means to submit. But back in the trailer park when I, where I grew up that when the cops show up, you just surrender. <laughs> so that seemed like the right word to use. What do I mean by surrender? That meant that whatever is in your hands gets laid down and whatever, wherever you thought you were gonna go just stops. And we just lift up our arms and like, okay, we're here. We submit ourselves. And I love in, in the book of Ephesians, it, it, there's a, there is a marriage quote that I think is very beautiful. It says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's the idea of yielding. The idea of yielding in such a way that the partner that you are with, you begin to take on some of them and they begin to take on of some of you. And a warning today, if some of us have awareness, but we have never truly surrendered to the Spirit of God, saying, Spirit of God, I wanna take on everything that you are. Because the Holy Spirit, he's here, he's present, and he's accounted for. And all that's absent is our awareness and our invitation. And so church, this is what I'm calling you to in this series. It's time for us to be in the upper room. It's time for us to be in the room where it's happening. I don't wanna be a church that stands on the outside wondering, Holy Spirit, do you wanna do something here? He does. He's on the move and he's working. 
And I don't want to ever be an individual that looks at somebody else's life and say, man, I wish I could be where they're at. I wish that Holy Spirit, you would move in my, I don't want to, I don't ever want to live in an envy place where I'm thinking that the Holy Spirit's moving in someone else's life only because he doesn't want to come in mine. I'm here to tell you, he's knocking at your door and he's wanting to enter in. And all we need this morning, we need the awareness he's there. And then the invitation, the, the, the submission, the, the surrender that says, come in come in change what you want to change do what you want to do feel what you want to feel well pastor dave i'm a little bit nervous what if i give the holy spirit access into my life what if he does something in my life i'm a little nervous about doing i'm here to tell you this that the holy spirit will never send you to do something for which he will not equip you to do he will never send you in such a way that he will not fill you, equip you, and give you the boldness. We're going to talk about boldness in this series. Because when you see the people that moved out from this upper room, these people that were hiding at one point, nervous about what would take place about their life, they went and they transformed the known world because they were in the room where it's happening. I want to be in the room where it's happening. Every morning when I come to my office, I want that to be a room where it's happening. My prayer for you during this series is that every bedroom, every, every marketplace, every kitchen, every car, oh my word, my friend, I remember my friend Jay in youth group was just praying for an infilling of, of the Spirit of God. And he was mad, he was mad at all of us because he just didn't feel anything. He was upset at us. And then he called me later on that night because he was driving in the car and he was having it out with God. And all of a sudden, after having it out with God, the Spirit of God filled his car. And all of a sudden, his, all of a sudden he pulled over, he's in tears and he's praying and God just touched his life. I'm thankful God had him pull over for that emotional moment. But I remember just talking with him and he said, he said, I think it was just, I had to work some things out and just completely let out whatever was in my life. Because when I let out what was ever on the inside, it left a place for Jesus to fill. And so today we're just going to empty ourselves out. We're going to teach you a new song and we're going to send you into a month of turning this area, this city into the day of Pentecost, being a people ready to receive by your heads. Jesus, 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 we're here. We've just gone through a mess of scripture and we recognize you have been moving since the day of chaos and of unformed earth. You've been moving and on the move since. And so Lord, we're here to receive today of your presence. We're here to receive. We need you. With heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, I just want to get privacy in the house today. If you're here today, it may be this morning that you, you need to make a change in your life. That maybe you walked in today and maybe your life has been centered around you. Your life has been centered around just maybe something that hasn't been centered. It's just not centered around Jesus. And maybe you're just listening today and you're recognizing that you that you've got to make a change before you and ask anything of God, you realize that you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to ask for grace. Maybe somebody's convinced you you're unforgivable, I'm here to say, that's been alive from the pit of hell, that you are every single human being as a candidate for salvation, a candidate for the grace and the mercy of God. And you may feel your life is full of chaos, but Genesis chapter one, verse two says, the spirit of God is here, ready to speak over your life and to make something out of nothing. And if you're here and you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to make a change in the direction of your life, 
you're ready to start following Jesus, would you just slip up a hand saying, Pastor Dave, that's me. I just want to make a commitment to Jesus this morning. I always want to thank you over here to my left. I just want to look around. You're ready to follow Jesus. You're ready just to turn your back on the way that you used to be and you're ready to follow. Thank you over here to my left. Anybody else? You're ready just to empty out to junk. Thank you over here to my right. <laughs> Thank you back here. You're ready to follow Jesus. That's what we're doing right now is we're just emptying the room out. Emptying the junk out. Emptying the sin out. If you lift up your hand, would you pray right where you're at? And let's make it really simple. I just want you to say, Jesus, I, today I let loose of everything that's inside of me. Sin, brokenness, hurt, pain hopelessness I release it and today I receive you today Jesus I put the trust of my, of my life into your hands and I receive your love and Lord I pray over these four individuals and maybe over others God who are watching on live stream God I pray that your presence right now right now would just take up residence. Your scripture, we read it today, that the same spirit of Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in them now. Their lives are right now the room where it is happening. Lord, take up residence. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with your love. We speak that in Jesus' name.